0: Malachi. I know we started Zechariah last year in March. I didn't realize it took that long to just go through the 14 chapters of Zechariah. But anyway, here we are, Malachi, the final uh, prophecy and book of the Old Testament that we're going to look at tonight. Uh, We're probably, I'm probably going to be fairly brief. My, uh, I got to get me a cough drop. As soon as this cough drop runs out, that's it. All right. Hallelujah. So, depending on your prayers, how quickly that goes. All right. All right. Anyway, um, yeah, this morning my voice wasn't working too good, and so I thought, man. I'm gonna have backup. I actually typed out, Brother Noble, I typed to you, but I didn't send it yet because it started getting better, just to be up, be ready. If something happens here in a few minutes, and I quit, then you come up and just finish. Okay? All right. Do what? Tag team. All right. 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 If I lose it here, I, I've got I've got 10 minutes. If I lose it in 10 minutes, then you're on. Okay? All right. All right. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so uh, here we are. This final... Final prophecy of the Old Testament. Now he's similar a little bit to John the Baptist. You know, we all know John the Baptist. We talked about him a while back, a little while back, at the in December, in the New Testament. And here's the similarity: he's simple and he's direct. That's it. He's simple and direct. Now we know where John the Baptist came from, but we don't know where Malachi came from. There's just not enough information. That we have in scripture or even historically about him. But anyway, uh, simple and direct. We know the message of John the Baptist, right? Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He just wanted everybody to be saved. Malachi's message is very simple. (laughs) You guys need to get right with God. That's really basically it. Now that's a Haskett paraphrase there. He didn't really say that. But that's basically what he is saying through the the whole message. The whole message of his book. It's extremely, extremely interesting. Now, the, the previous prophets. Now, mind you, Zechariah was like an exciting book to look at because he's talking about the Messiah coming and he gives us a lot of those details about him. When his, you know, when his feet hit the top of Mount uh, the Mount of Olives and the mountain splits and all that. That's that's super exciting. Malachi is not that way. Okay? Now, Zechariah, you know, he ends up with holiness to the Lord, you know, and everybody's gonna be excited about that. Nobody's excited in Malachi. Nobody. It's because of what was going on. It is actually, and we'll get more about the message here in just a message of Malachi in just a second. But it is it is more about the uh, the rebuke of God to them in this book. All right. So the previous prophets, all the previous prophets from Hosea uh, to Zechariah, again. Uh, we, we mentioned Zechariah specifically, we just finished him. But they all foretold the coming of Christ in some way or in the other or some event, great catastrophic event that was coming in the future, whether it's near future or even how we could parallel it with something in the book of the Revelation. So they spent a thousand years doing all that, talking about the coming of the Messiah. Malachi is is Malachi is, is different. So we we want to figure out some things about him. So tonight I want to read a few of the verses here, and uh, then we're going to come back. We're not going to look at all of these verses. Uh, perhaps only just some introductory thoughts uh, about the date, the man, and the message of the man. Okay, the message of Malachi. That's really basically we're going to look kind of an overview uh, a, a little bit, and then uh, we'll we'll uh, hone in on verse number one. It's very short, uh, but we'll look at that. And what he says there, and then we'll, we'll dive into some of the other intricate details about Malachi a little bit later. Watch with, with me, read with me if you would, beginning of verse number 1. The Bible says, the word of the word of the Lord to Israel by Malachi. I loved you, saith the Lord, yet ye say, wherein hast thou loved us? Was not Esau Jacob's brother, saith the Lord? Yet I loved Jacob, and I hated Esau and laid his mountains and his heritage waste for the dragons of the wilderness. Whereas Edom saith, we are impoverished, but we will return and build the desolate places, thus saith the Lord of hosts. They shall build, but I will throw down. They shall call them the border of wickedness, and the people against whom the Lord hath indignation forever. And your eyes shall see, and ye shall say, the Lord will be magnified from the border of Israel. A son honoreth his father, and a servant his master. If then I be a father, where is mine honor? And if I be a master, where is my fear, saith the Lord of hosts unto you? O priest that despise my name, and ye say, Wherein have we despised thy name? You offer polluted bread upon mine altar, and you say, Wherein have we polluted thee, in that you say the table of the Lord is contemptible? And if you offer the blind for sacrifice, is it not evil? And if you offer the lame and sick, is it not evil? Offer it now unto the governor. Uh, Will he be pleased with thee or accept thy person, saith the Lord of hosts? And now I pray you, beseech God, that he will be gracious unto us. This hath been by your means. Will he regard your persons, saith the Lord of hosts? Who is there among, even among you that would shut the doors for naught? Neither do you kindle fire in my altar for naught. I have no pleasure in you, saith the Lord of hosts. Neither will I accept an offering at your hand. For from the rising of the sun, even of the going down of the same, my name shall be great among the Gentiles. And in every place incense shall be offered unto my name, and a pure offering. For not my name shall be great among the heathen, saith the Lord of hosts. We'll stop reading right here verse number 11. Now it is impossible to, t- to, to give you everything that those first 11 verses in an hour can't do it. Anyway we're going to look a little bit at an overview tonight. So let's, let's go back for a moment. Let's talk a little bit about Malachi. Uh, the date of this writing. Now why why is it that when we start a book, we look at the date. The dates are important. They were, they were important to God because He would mention specific time frames in which God was dealing with Israel or with a, sp- a specific group of people, a, a king or whatever. So those dates are important so that it will relate to the time, the culture, and the things that were going on at that, that particular moment in history. Uh, the date of this writing is not mentioned at all. In the book, in the entirety, for all four chapters, it's not mentioned at all. But there are several things that indicate to us as to the timing of this writing. That It allows us to determine the time frame of when it was written. So given the circumstances, it was after the Jews had returned from, uh, uh, as Cyrus had given them leave under that captivity, uh, the foundation of the temple had been laid. If you'll remember in our study of of uh, Haggai uh, and um, oh what was the other one right before it Zephaniah and, and Haggai that uh, and specifically Haggai he talked about the building of the temple you know you, you've you got your sealed houses and you've let the temple of God lay waste you've got your ornamentation in the house but you let God's God's building set aside that ought not to be. So we have the, that time frame. So he, there, there's a mention of that here as we read through it, study through it. We'll learn about the priesthood and the priest and what they were doing uh, as far as that is concerned. Uh, we find that uh, the, the temple, had the foundation had started but it had stopped. And so it was Zechariah and Haggai that mentioned that in the first part. They pushed for the people to build the temple and it took them 20 years but they finally got it done. Ezra comes along, Ezra the scribe, remember him, and he realized that there was a need for some spiritual renewal. He stands up, and we see him in the days of Nehemiah toward the end of the book, and we see Ezra standing up, and and he takes the the Word of God, and he just begins to read. And the Word of God, listen, how many believe the Word of God is powerful? I mean, it it can do some things that nothing else can do. I mean, Shakespeare... You know, he has his spot, but, oh, the Word of God. Right? You all with me? Yeah. Shakespeare don't hold a candle to the Word of God and what the Word of God can do. You know, we know that all those others are entertainment, but this is the Word of God that brings conviction, that can penetrate the soul. We need the Word of God. We need it desperately. We need it desperately in this day in which we live, Amen. We need it badly in these days and time. And that's what Malachi is, is, is referring to. That's what it's about. So Ezra comes along and he, there's a spiritual renewal, a spiritual revival in his days. In the meantime, Nehemiah, uh, he had returned to awaken the, the people and to rebuild the walls around the city of Jerusalem. He did that in record time. We know the story of Nehemiah. Well, then Nehemiah leaves for a little bit. He goes back to report to Artaxerxes, the king who allowed him to go. And so, uh, some say, and, and this is some, you know, we don't know their identity. They didn't put their name to it. You know how that is. Some people say, you preach too long, all right? Some people say, you preach too loud. I, I, who are they? I won't talk to them. Yeah. Uh, you know, some say, you preach too short. I want to talk to them too, all right? Anyway, so it's, it's those some, you know. They, they say that, that uh, during the days of which Nehemiah had gone back to Artaxerxes, which was only about 10 to 13 years That that's when Malachi wrote. And then there's another argument. It would be uh, almost impossible. It wouldn't be impossible, but pretty close to it. For everything that took place with the the desolation of the temple, with the, the, the spiritual crimes that they had committed against God, which bringing in the offerings and the sacrifices and all that, they, they, they were such degradation at that particular time. It takes a little bit longer than maybe 10 or 13 years to get to the point that Malachi is talking about. So they say, those other some say that it was even after that that it took place. Irregardless, what we have is a phenomenal book here that, that shows us some things uh, in which we need to uh, parallel ourselves. We can look at and update the day in which we live. And we can see some great similarities between what Malachi says and, and what, we, uh, what we find here. One of the things, when every time somebody mentions Malachi, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Do what? Tithing. Yeah, that, that's, that's, that's one of the things. That's one of the things that they were they were uh, mishandling. They were not uh, operating correctly. They weren't giving their tithes and offerings. But you know what else? There, there was so much more, so much more in the book of Malachi than just the tithes and offerings. That's why not many messages are preached from Malachi, because everybody gets, you know, they, they, they start, the, the chair starts shaking. You know, and, and the, the, they keep looking at their watch saying, Man, I wish, you know, uh, it ain't going to get done. Yeah. All kinds of things happen when, when the preacher says, let's turn to Malachi. But, but there are some fascinating things in this book. And we're, we're going to look at them. We're, we will look at them. So, Malachi was written about a hundred years after Zechariah. About a hundred years after that. And uh, who, who had proclaimed, of course, the, the, the coming of the Messiah very, very vividly. And, but something had gone terribly wrong. Something had gone terribly wrong. Now remember, we ended Zechariah on that high note, remember? Just last week, we, were, we, we ended it on a high note. Man, the Messiah's coming. In. This, is, this is great. Holiness to the Lord. There will not be any more Canaanites in the land. They're going to be done away with. That's exciting. You go back and look at the history of where the Canaanites came from. And all the troubles that they have caused throughout the course of Israel's history. God says, I'm doing away with them. Man, that's exciting. But then something happens. Something happens and now God needed a voice. Because the children of Israel, all of them, all of them had taken a turn in the wrong direction. Sacrifices were being offered so that it was was after the completion of the the temple. We know that. During the reign of the Persians, uh, as far as the timing is concerned, you know, there's a word here, we read it a moment ago, the word governor. That's a Persian <coughs> a Persian word It was used in the text uh, during that time of the empire. The offerings actually had become so monotonous and, and meaningless to the priest and even to the people. That was one of the great issues that they had. They had fallen into a great spiritual decline. So this is where we are. In fact, one of the things that happens... Because of this decline spiritually, this is where many think that the Pharisees and the Sadducees come from. Because of the decline spiritually of the children of Israel. So that's kind of a nutshell where the date, how that that Malachi is dated. Now as far as the authorship is concerned, don't have a problem with that. You know, I've, I've shared with you many times we get into a particular book and he's got his name there in our Bibles and then some have a problem with that guy thinking that, well, he really didn't write it. There are actually some that say that the, the original author of the book of Malachi was an anonymous person. Well, I got it. Y'all might be able to see it from here, says Malachi. <clears throat> and in the first verse says, The burden and the word of the Lord... To Israel by Malachi. I think that's pretty clear. I think Malachi wrote it. What do you think? All right. All right. So let's look at the man. Here we go. So we're just looking at the introduction. So the first thing tonight, as far as the introduction is concerned, we want to look at the man Malachi. This won't take two minutes. We don't know a whole lot about him. Very, very little is known about him. His name means my messenger. My messenger. And some have thought Malachi to be a priest because he really comes down hard on the priesthood. And so they thought he was of that order, uh, of a direct relation to the priesthood uh, as to to this writing. Jewish tradition says that he was part of the great synagogue in that day. That's Jewish tradition. Now, whether we hold to some of those things or, or not, that's up to an individual person. His name is Malachi. He's got a burden. It's something heavy on his heart. But notice carefully. Go go back with me to verse number one. I want you to see this. The burden of the word of who? So whose burden was it? It's the Lord's burden. It's by Malachi. Malachi wrote it. And and, and we do believe in the inspiration of Scripture, right? Right? We do believe that God spoke and God gave it to those men who who pinned it down. And Malachi is that one who pinned it down. He's the one that had ink and quill in hand. But the burden is God's. Now I find that interesting in Scripture because so often the burden was laid upon an individual. But this burden here was God's burden. He saw how the spiritual decline of his own people, the ones whom he loved, had declined so much so, he says, I've got to send a message to them. I've got to send them something that will be helpful to get them turned around and get back on the the right path. Let me ask you a question. Do you think we're kind of living in some of those days now? We have so many people, so many in every culture across the world, in every continent across the world, who turn themselves away from God so severely. And God is trying. trying. I think God's still calling, but I think some are not answering. That's just a personal opinion. I think God still wants to work in some hearts, but... The hearts have been closed off, they've been calloused over, the ears have been shut up. We don't want to hear from God. And and, and we're going to see that here in this this book. We know that because of the message, which is number two tonight, the message of Malachi. And it's really very simple, and we'll see it. It's, It's question and answer time throughout the whole book. God asks questions and then the people ask questions. The people asking questions, I think, is a little bit ridiculous. They use the same word every time. For instance, I'll just give you this one, since tithe has already been brought up. Wherein have we robbed God? Wherein have we uh, uh, not sacrificed correctly? They use the word wherein. It's almost like they're saying, what are you talking about? I don't remember this at all. They're putting doubt even in their own mind with this. The message that Malachi sends, even as with John the Baptist, I said this a moment ago, is very simple and it's very direct. And he uses those, Malachi uses those series of questions and answers as God asks and Israel asks. They're just totally, Israel is totally unaware of the direction that they're going. Totally una- unaware of it. The people are so lacking in discernment that they involve themselves in several things. And we'll see this. They they involve themselves in witchcraft. Let me ask you something. Do you all see witchcraft as a prominent part, fixture of this world? And, you know, it, it's, it's not the you know, the, the uh, sitcom stuff like Bewitched or I Dream of Jeannie. We're not talking about that, all right? We're talking about real witchcraft. I, I remember this. I remember coming back and telling you all about an encounter I had in Brazil where it was, and I didn't know it. They didn't tell me when I went there. and They didn't tell me when I stood to preach, but I learned after the fact. Isn't that a blessing? You learn things after the fact. The the church I was preaching in is the center, the center, that whole area. And it was on top of a hill. It was the center of where witchcraft and voodoo, they conduct their business. Witchcraft, voodoo, and also um, a lot of drugs. Because witchcraft and drugs go hand in hand together. We're, We're in those days. There's a lot of that going on even in, in our own country. So witchcraft is one of those things that he deals with. Adultery was another. Adultery was, was horrible then. It's bad now. If, if not, it's probably pretty close to the same. God dealt with it then. Guess what? God will deal with it again. It was so bad that um, a lot of those people that were involved in adultery, they would marry pagans and divorce them, marry them and divorce them, and marry them and divorce them, I mean, back and forth. It was, it was horrible. That's historically speaking. There was perjury, there was fraud, there was great moral decline. All of those things were going on in that day. They had essentially robbed God, not just in tithes and offerings, but in all these ways. They robbed God in the sanctity of marriage. They robbed God in the witchcraft and idolatry. They robbed God in perjury and fraud. They they robbed God in every possible way. They lacked reverence for God. Yeah, they lacked reverence for God. And, and, uh, and, and the temple, the temple worship actually was, was, uh, was despising God. When they would bring, now remember, you go back, we go back in Leviticus and we look and see the, the, the requirements for a lamb. It was a lamb without spot, and without blemish. But they were bringing lambs that were blind, lambs that had a broken leg, No, we don't need this one. Let's sacrifice it. That is not acceptable with God. The priesthood had become defiled. Paganism was on the rise. Neglecting of the tithes and offerings. Now, here's something interesting. Israel, they knew that they were God's people. They knew they were God's chosen people because God had told them numerous times before. You know what they were saying? I wonder why we're not receiving the blessings of the Lord. That's almost one of those duh things, isn't it? Like, duh. They're wondering why they're not receiving the blessings of the Lord when they were, they were involved in empty rituals. They started by, their by again, robbing God in indifference to morality, the moral law, and even the ceremonial law. They, they had great indifference with that. They, 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 it didn't matter. It didn't matter what kind of offering that I brought. The priests became corrupt in their activities, and they were very vile and wicked. In fact, they began to wonder why they failed to receive the priests themselves blessings from the Lord. Isn't it any wonder that today, today, today's world, why don't God bless? Let's, let's, Let's bring this in parallel at home. Why doesn't God bless? Maybe there's one of these issues that Malachi talks about. Maybe we haven't reverenced God's house or God's word as we ought to have. Maybe we've robbed God in some way, whether it's through a sacrifice, or through, whether it's through worship. Sometimes, I believe this, I believe we can rob God in our worship. Yeah, does He not deserve all honor, glory, and praise? All right, we walk in the house of God, and we're mad at everybody. Else, if God deserves the honor and the glory, we're robbing God. And then we sit there and sit here and wonder, well, why don't God bless? He ain't gonna bless that sourness. What God wanted and needed more than anything right now in Malachi, He said, "I need a voice." I need somebody to stand up and tell Israel nationally. I need somebody to stand up and tell the priesthood what they're doing wrong, how they have have declined spiritually, and all the issues and all this. You know, the book of Malachi ends on a high note, okay? It's not all doom and gloom, all right? You know, we've seen a lot of doom and gloom through many of the the minor prophets. I mean, Amos, bless his heart. I didn't I didn't think he could write something positive. But he did. Finally, he got there. But but Malachi, I mean, he's just following the direction of the Lord, and and it, it will end on a on a high note. I promise you that. Okay. But we've got to go through these other things and determine what the issue is. We got to determine what the problem is before we can be before it can be solved. We got to find the root problem. You know, we and I'm a firm believer in that today. In today's world, sometimes. Blessings. Why, why, why am I not blessed? Well, we are blessed. We just don't see it the same way God sees it. We're looking at it from the perspective of somebody else instead of looking at it from the perspective from God. And His blessings are bountiful. You know, we could be living in a third world country where we don't have the freedom to come and meet like this. Well, I've been in those places I've been in some of those places before, Brother Noble's been in some of those places before, and some of them are pretty they're pretty rough, pretty horrifying. We don't have to hide our faith. That's right, amen. we're blessed. We are blessed beyond measure. You know what God wants? What does he want out of us as we study Malachi? He wants us to be a voice for Him in the midst of a world that takes God for granted, in the midst of a world that takes God and and, and is spiritually declined. I mean, there's there's, I and mean, we all know there's a bunch of mess going on right now in our in our own country. Amen. It's a sad day when they can't sit at a table up in Washington D.C. and get anything done because they got they got to argue over junk. Don't get me started. I can get very angry. Anyway, what God needs is a, a voice. I wonder tonight, you, think, you reckon we could be that voice? We can. We can be that voice. But well, we're going to learn some things about Malachi. We're going to look at all the questions. We'll look at all the answers to those questions. Because the answers to those questions are in the book. Malachi deals with those things. And that's the beginning of Malachi. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We are abundantly grateful for your blessings and kindness and Lord, thank you for loving us in spite of us. Thank you for the for the help that you've given. Thankful, Lord, that you use your word to penetrate the hardest of hearts and that is exactly what Israel needed in their day. Because you just wanted the people to turn back to you. I pray, Lord, that you would help us in our study, that we would glean much and learn in um, from your word and from this great, great prophecy of Malachi. Thank you for the people, the attention everyone's given tonight. We love you, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.